So we got a good discussion going here. So we had to get this started. Let's get right into it. So we're just talking about. Yeah, we're, we're just talking about, about like summers a little bit. Yeah. So and, you know, recently, you know, recently Suzanne Summers passed, um, and we we're just talking about, you know, just how pretty much on she was when it came to like hormone optimization. Um, and I really discovered you know, how deep she was into hormone optimization actually through you when we first started the podcast, like about 10 years ago. And as you know, so, you know, I got a couple of her books and just really saw that, but what's really admirable here, she was 76, but here's what's admirable. She's been battling breast cancer all the way back to like three's company. That's what people need to understand. So this is going back about 50 years, bro. And so she was battling then. I think she'd already had it like maybe twice or maybe three times. Well, she, by the she, time had three... skin, she had skin cancer before she had breast cancer. Too. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. About cancer. People hear breast cancer. They think something about your breast caused cancer. And that's not the case. No. Cancer. Cancer. The problem with cancer is that you can beat one cancer and then it just resurfaces elsewhere. So, uh, uh, well, I mean, that's what happened. That's what happened with my dad. It started as prostate cancer, but then it became, you know, it went to his pancreas and went to his spine. Well, that's the problem with treating prostate cancer is that prostate cancer is much easier to manage than pancreatic cancer, of course. You can live out your entire life with prostate cancer. Most men, if you live long enough, you actually die with prostate cancer, not from it, but with it. So the problem with treating prostate cancer is that, okay, fine, you eradicate that, but now it comes back even more aggressive as in pancreatic cancer, which is extremely difficult to treat. Yep. Yeah, so, you know... Like I said, so here's someone that um, back to Suzanne Summers. We were just talking about the fact that for about 20 years, man, she just went ahead and she she's dealt with it more in a more holistically natural way of doing it. No chemo whatsoever. And like I said, you got to give props to someone that can fight something as aggressive as that is, especially in her situation for over 20 years. You know, right. without any chemo whatsoever. No one's saying that this is not medical advice. We're not saying that's what you need to go out and do for yourself. You got to figure out what works for you. We're just observing what we saw and what we read and heard about with her. And <clears throat> that being said, it's just, um, like I said, it was just very admirable that, you know, she, she, she fought that and she did it with such grace. And I mean, I was watching a video that just came out. I think she and her husband just put a video out. Maybe, I don't know if it was the same day or the day before or whatever, or it may have been a few months. I don't know, because a lot of times these people, when they post stuff on YouTube, they get their timelines messed up. But it was very recent. And, dude, she looked just as healthy. She was still the same quirky person she's always been. Her and her husband were doing a little too much. Those those clips were probably a couple of months ago, because people like the that is if this was hours before she died, which is total bullshit. Well, I, I, well, I think it was June. I think it was June because they were talking about single, they single de Mayo had recently happened. Okay. They were just talking about, yeah, yeah. they had talked about the food that they had at single de Mayo. So even then, right, right, you know, right. three months in like that. And, you know, just, you know, she's still, they, her and her husband still, you know, they were still joking around with each other and just living it up, man. And well, she had know, a great like, relationship with her husband. That oh was yeah. A, he's a great guy. You can tell yeah. that in the interviews. And you can tell the dude like really loved her. Like even then, yeah. it's like yeah. you know they, they they were still acting like kids. You know, yeah. even at seventy six, seventy six. What's crazy is like she passed. Oh, the they, were, they were in their seventies. Then they said that they had sex two times a day. Yeah, I know they were. <laughs> now, now here's some here's some insights into that. Both both of them were on a peptide called PT one four one, and that so it doesn't surprise me that they had sex two times a day when you take that peptide, because that peptide gives you erections as a man. Like you did when you were fucking fifteen, you can put a nail on the wall with the kind of erections you get from that. Now, every guy and listening right now, every, every guy listening right now, and some of these women, <laughs> they just want to okay, okay, Mike, what was that again? PT what? Uh, you get it at <laughs> Peptide Sciences, 
and it's it's an injectable peptide, just like most peptides are. But you use a little insulin needle. You don't have to inject it into your dick either, by the way. You just inject it anywhere <laughs> in your body, subcutaneous. <laughs> you know? but, I, but a lot of people are very reluctant. Uh, I go, they're like, oh, I don't want to deal with needles and all that. I was like, trust me, you try this thing once. You're not going to, you, you're not going to care if you have to inject that needle in your butthole. <laughs> okay. But, but you know what's funny? You know what's funny? These are the same people who eventually end up getting like, type two diabetes and they got to poke their fucking fingers every day, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, checking and checking. but they, they can do that without even question because their doctor said that's what they need to do. <laughs> so, so, I mean, but, but the point is that someone like Suzanne Summers and her husband, they were on the cutting edge of everything development that's out there. I mean, she was obsessed with yeah. hormone optimization. You think I'm obsessed with it. She was times 10 was her. She, she allocated, she probably spent, Three hundred thousand dollars a year on everything she did. I remember. Now, I, f- I forgot one interview she actually talked about. It. Wasn't that, yeah, a good chunk of it probably wasn't that useful. She's just experimenting with things. She had right. the money to do it, so why not? Because it gen- generally, when you look at hormone optimization, most of it is you know your nutrition and your sleep and your your daily activity. That's the big picture, and then everything else is just dialing in for certain things. She replaced all of the major hormones: estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. You name it, she did all of that. She had blood work done constantly so she was on on top of this yeah in 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 a very diligent and disciplined manner and she was super knowledgeable about she was she's more knowledgeable than 90 percent of doctors out there on hormone optimization she always put the focus on doctors though when she never she never just talked about this stuff as if she's an expert she always interviewed other people and let them say it but she was clearly an expert on this as well. She could have easily written a book where it's just her writing about all of her experiences and what she thinks about things. And it would have been and then, very. And then she's being very smart about, you know, surrounding herself with these experts and bringing them on. You know, it's just kind of like we always talked about. Look, right, man, we're right. getting like we're getting we're getting free coaching and free therapy sessions here. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, you know, I mean, thousands of dollars. We just say just with the guests we brought on the show over the 10 years, you know, just yeah. the, things we, the knowledge we gained from that, you know, because anybody else that want to talk to some of the people we've talked to they would have to pay thousands of dollars just for one hour of that person's time, you know? So that's one of the benefits of having a platform, just like, like I said, with, she had her own uh, media pro, you know, platform, just like what we have. So something can be said with that, you know, well, she's, also the, a cele- she's also a celebrity. So these doctors yeah. will get on their knees to talk to her. One time, I, one time there was a doctor I used to go to in Los Angeles. His name was Dr. Howard Leibowitz. And he used to mm-hmm. do these conference calls that were free where he would just answer people's questions. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And one time Suzanne Summers called into it because she was either his client or his wife's client. I think his wife's client at the time. Uh-huh. And he fucking all of a sudden he he sounded like a 12 year old kid when Suzanne Summers. <laughs> hey, man, look, went real high look man, I bring this up because of this, though. I went to Howard Liebowitz several times. Carol went to him one time. And he was not a good doctor. And he he did not analyze things well and give you one time one time Carol's insulin was through the roof and she called to do a consult with him. And he's like, Okay, so what what questions do you have? And she's like, Did you even look at my blood work? You know? He's like, Oh, hold on a second. I was like, Why oh, the fuck shit. did you call up a patient? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. So when you're a regular person, you didn't get VIP treatment from him. But fucking Suzanne Summers calls in and he's fucking on his knees, ready to eat her clit and asshole. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just sh- so, so her being able to get access to all of these doctors. And so for, that, that's a much different experience than the average person is going to have because doctors are people like everybody else. They all, they get all gaga around famous people. I mean, and especially when they think like where it could take them. I mean, come on, you know, we wouldn't even know who Dr. Oz was if one for Oprah. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to my, yeah. that dude wouldn't be able to run for senator if it wasn't for Oprah. Let's just go ahead and be honest. You wouldn't have known who this dude was at this point. But plenty so. of these anti-aging doctors I talked to when I first got into this, you know, I didn't know much then. So I'm listening to them going, OK, <laughs> these guys are knowledgeable. But once I became knowledgeable, I realized how clueless most of them are, too. They're just fucking right. clueless. I remember one time I asked the doctor about Myomin, which is a really good estrogen control supplement made from Chi Health that Dr. Wong told me about. And he's like, oh, yeah, never heard of it. But I, I don't. Uh, so I can't recommend it. And then three months later, he's recommending it to me, forgetting that I'm the one who told him about it. He's like, yeah, have you ever tried Myomin? This stuff's really good. I was like, yeah, motherfucker. I'm the one who told you about it. That's where I realized when it comes, especially when it comes to nutraceuticals, these guys are clueless. How many right. hormone optimization doctors even know about bulbine, nettolensis, fadogia, mosularia, acuminata? These are actual herbs that actually do work, unlike toncatali and tribulus and fenugreek and all the other bullshit I see on Instagram every day. Very few doctors know jack shit because they're not researchers. They're treating people all day. Someone like me, I'm researching all day. Right. I, don't, I don't fucking treat people all day like they do. So they don't have time to do the research. They probably don't have the desire to do it either because they think they fucking know everything. You know, doctors right. are so used to people deifying them going, oh. Well, I was just about to say that, that God complex kicks in. It's just like, yeah. you know. <laughs> but a lot of doctors I talk to are fucking clueless. And I'm, it makes me so fortunate that I know all of this shit because I'm never intimidated yeah. by doctors. Like Carol was going to this one doctor. Well, she wasn't even going to a doctor. This nurse practitioner was in charge of all of her blood work. Mm-hmm. And tell me the advice he's giving her. And I'll be like, look, time to fire this motherfucker she's like oh you know i want you to be on the call next time i talk to him i go just don't i was like no there's no point this guy's fucking idiot this guy's stupid i'm not gonna waste my time arguing with some dumb fuck he's the the kind of advice he's giving her he was so clueless yeah that's why i mean i can give it like the current doctor that i have or whatever you know, she was just impressed by just the test that I ordered. Because the thing is, the insurance <laughs> yeah. covers my insurance covers all my tests. I'm like, oh, they cover all the tests? Well, shit, this is a test I need right here. <laughs> and so I just started, you know, giving her a list. She's like, oh, oh, wow. She's like, okay. <laughs> you know, of course, she's Indian. She's like, okay, you're very serious. She's like, you you have knowledge. <laughs> you know what the you know what you're looking for. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, shit. She, I said, it's crazy. I said, uh, a couple of doctors before you were asked, like, why do you want to know about your testosterone? I'm like, motherfucker, why not? <laughs> Especially at that time. I'm like, at that time, I was probably like I'm in my early 40s or whatever. And they're like, yeah, but you don't have to worry about that right now. I said, no, I, I need to focus on that. I'm not worried about it. I need to focus on it right now. So I don't have to worry about it later on. You may need to worry about it now. Exactly. Your age, your age doesn't mean a fucking thing. You know, I've <laughs> seen guys who are 25 with low testosterone, guys in their 30s depleted. I've seen guys in their 70s with great numbers. So your well, age doesn't mean a fucking thing. People think, well, and, and you're, once, and you're, once you're, you're 40, this happens, or once you're 50, this happens. Well, Look, this is what their assumption was. You when you're 50, that means it's been going on for a long time. Well, and this is their assumption. They're thinking like, okay, not just the fact that you're not, in your fifties, whatever the fact that I'm also, you know, at that time I'm training and I'm doing all this stuff and they're hearing about the kettlebell stuff. And, and sort of thing like, Oh, you're a very fit guy. I'm like, I said, that right there is a red flag to get my, my hormones checked. I said, because right. people overtrain, they do too much and, yeah. and don't even realize they feel like, well, at least I'm, I'm physically active. So I must be doing something right. And I said, that's where we're getting a lot of trouble, especially when it hasn't been tested. I said, so that's the reason why I want to, I want to run this battery of tests to make sure I'm not doing too much of the wrong thing, you know, with good intentions. So they're like, ah, you know, I, I, I will say that one of my hormone doctors in the past, he was probably the best one. He, we talk for hours all the time. 
And, but the thing is, he's just like my, you know, the instruments I had at that time, you know, this is, it, it, it became way too, too much to be paying for that when there's just so much that I can just research on my own or whatever. And the thing was for the, the thing he specialized in, most of those tests weren't going to get covered by the insurance. It's so crazy how the top insurance doesn't want to cover those type of tests. You well, know. my, my, I don't, I don't but, you know, me, me personally, uh-huh. I don't give a what insurance covers. I pay for yeah. all the tests myself and I have the results sent to me. I, I bypass a doctor. Yeah. I don't even think I have to go to a doctor to have stuff requisitioned. I don't, because I don't need their feedback. I don't need, I don't need a doctor for anything unless I need a prescription or I have some. So here's my point. But here's my point. <laughs> so, cause even then it's like, I, I've got friends who actually like, I can just sit there, you know, like a couple of things that you and I went over, whatever. Like, I don't depend on these doctors. I just want, I need, I need the numbers for myself, you know, and then yeah. I can, and then I can talk to people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about. You know, I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even bother asking the doctor like, Oh, cause they just see like, Oh, you're in the median. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't mean it's good because it's in the, it's in the middle right there. Well, let's you know, talk they, about that for a second. When yeah. you get blood work done, there's a statistical range and that's all it is. It's a statistical range of everybody who's gotten tested. So yeah. it doesn't mean anything if you're in that range. So what? Most how many how many healthy people actually get tested? It's mainly unhealthy people that have all their stuff tested. Right. So that range means nothing. You may need to be way above that range. To exactly. Feel so the range doesn't mean a fucking thing. You could have a you could have a, a total testosterone of six hundred, which is a pretty good number for most people, but you could feel like shit at that number. You may need to yep. be at nine hundred or a thousand, which yep. which many doctors would think is too high. But it's not too high if that's what you need to feel your best. You know, only you know how you feel. So I hate when other people try to. It's like, oh, this is what you need to do to feel this way. It's like, okay, fine. Like, for you example, don't know just, how like, I feel. just like when we talked about, you know, my last um, test results. We, we were talking about my vitamin D. You know, my, my doctor looked at those and was like, oh, it's very high, and I, was, I just laughed. I'm like, really, really? <laughs> so it's just like, oh, they 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 won't say that the high on the high end is like 120. And right. anything over that is going to be, you know, you're in trouble. It's toxic or whatever else. And I'm thinking, you know, my shit was like 125. I'm like, I don't feel bad. I actually feel great because I know what it was like when the shit was fucking at the fucking bottom. I know how I felt during that. And time. that's a better problem to have too, because you exactly. can easily dial it back if you want to. Exactly. That buildup is the problem. Okay. So, you know, it was just crazy. So, you know, I, you know, we actually, we discussed it on one of the episodes not too long ago, you know, what that number was. And you and I talked about it. And then just like um, with Dr. Gordon, he's like, hey, he's like, what were your calcium levels like? <laughs> and so I told him that he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. And he, of course, he sends yeah, me. That's, that's the just, only thing you need to worry about. You look at your calcium. Yeah. Score, if that's in range, then you're fine. And exactly. When I told him my calcium, he said, he said, you're fine. He's like, what are they? He, he says, let me tell you, he said, you know, most doctors, they panic when they see that number. And he sent me like um this this research. And, and basically, you know, basically just kind of breaking down the whole vitamin D toxicity scare and all this other stuff and, that most yeah. doctors worry about. So I'm just like, yeah, I don't have those issues, bro. <laughs> Even just when I told her, she's like, you know, um, so how much do you take? Uh, a couple of, you know, a couple of grams. Like, woman, I take about anywhere between, uh, anywhere about like 10 to 20 IUs every day, <laughs> every other day. Like, First of all, the, I, the IU is- I know, exactly. Yeah. I was like, they hear that, I'm like- IUs is about 20 uh, milligrams. What, yeah, exactly. Day. I was like, say like, what, is that two grams? I'm like, it's- I don't, I don't know why they even use IUs. They should talk because about you know, milligrams. <laughs> to my, to my, here's the thing about being an American. Those international units are not, in, <laughs> they're not international. 
<laughs> just like the metric system. We don't know. Look, man, we're basic over here. Okay. All that shit you guys do over there, you know, measuring shit by centimeters and all that other shit. Stop that. We don't. Well, don't I remember don't when Dr. Gordon, Dr. Gordon was on Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan asked him about his vitamin D intake. And Dr. Gordon yeah. takes a large amount. He takes 50,000. Yeah. 50,000. Yeah. And then, and then Rogan's like, man, that, that, that's a lot. It is like, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> Dr. Gordon goes, why? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. He's like, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's really easy to go on Google and do a fucking converter, you know, as far as measurements, <laughs> you know, you can well, like Dr. Gordon down. says, like people always say, don't take more than 5,000 IUs of vitamin D. And Dr. Gordon will say, well, what if that doesn't get you where you need to be? Exactly. I, I take 20,000 IUs of vitamin D every day to get where I need to be, which is in that. Look, man, my, my wife, range. my wife was prescribed pharmaceutical grade fucking vitamin D. And it was like, 5,000 IUs, and I think that was for the week, and her shit was, like, below the bottom, okay? Yeah, it was doing enough, it, enough for the day for most Especially people. somebody with a fucking autoimmune disease, you know, yeah, with Hashimoto's. Yeah. Like, that's, I told her, I was like, you need way more than that. And she's like, well, I said, that's why you don't listen. I said, have you seen your doctor? And somebody, Here's the thing, ask your doctor, let me see your test results. Let me see what you're working with, even before you start talking to me, motherfucker. You know, so... Well, we all, we all have our individual variances. You know, someone like yes. me, like I'm sensitive to caffeine. So I take a, a small amount of caffeine does more than enough for improving physical performance. So I'm very sensitive to that. On the other hand, yeah. vitamin D, I need to take copious amounts to get into yeah. a good range. It's just, yeah. and it just, people are like, well, why is that? It's like, I don't give a fuck why that is. It's just, <laughs> it's a, like, I, I got the numbers about, say. I got, I'm, I'm going to sit around in my office staring at the ceiling, wondering about <laughs> pondering. Like, all I need to know is what the number is and what the solution is. If I need to take 20,000 IUs a day, then I'm going to do that. I don't so really it. Exactly. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there looking like the thinking man statue. Like, hey, Mike, what are you doing? Just pondering my vitamin D levels. Today. <laughs> <laughs> like so, people yeah. with testosterone, people with testosterone going, they, they, they have, I, I talk, these older guys sometimes email me and they're, they're in their sixties and their testosterone levels are abysmal, but they're so reluctant to get on TRT. And they always say the same thing. Like, I don't want to shut down my own production. I go, you have no fucking production. Yeah. I mean, you can't if shut down what's not running, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> if you're lucky, you've got another decade or two of life left. So you might as well live that to the fullest. You're it's like you're not going to die from your testosterone levels being too high, but you're going to feel like shit from being too low. So that's up to you. You want to feel like shit with your poor natural levels for the rest of your life, or do you want to actually do something about it? Because everyone I know who gets on TRT is happy they did it. And especially I had this one guy, I put up this post about testosterone on Instagram the other day. And one of my customers, actually one of my friends and customers, he actually tried my product. It didn't work out for him, unfortunately. But his his levels were super low, like 150. He's around our age. His total testosterone was 150, not his free testosterone. So not, and I told him, I too, I go, look, to be honest with you, your levels are so low that even if we double it, you're still at a crappy number. And, you know, he needs to get into over 700, most likely to feel good. So he got on TRT, his total testosterone is 855 now. He feels great. He goes, man, I'm not a whiny little bitch anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's life-changing. When you're you're at a certain age, especially, and your levels are perpetually low, and you've done everything you can lifestyle-wise, your diet is clean, your, your sleep is on point, you're managing stress, your emotional health is good, and you still don't have good numbers, then bite the fucking bullet. You don't have to stand. People always make these dumb statements too. They go, oh, once you start TRT. Yeah, you're for the rest of your life. No, you're not. 
You could do a three-month experiment and decide it's not for you and then just ramp up your own production with either my T-Booster or Clomid or HCG. Now, so, you, so it's not something you have to be on for the rest of your life. You could do a couple months experiment just to see how it, how you feel on it and see if it's a fit for you. Yeah, I think Pretty much everyone I know who does it, they're happy they did it and they, they stay on it. They're not looking to get off because they're like, man, I haven't felt this good since I was in my 20s. I think we should do an episode, the top 10 myths about testosterone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, just to focus on that because there's so much bullshit well, out there. Especially one myth, it's, one myth is that testosterone makes you aggressive and an abusive asshole. And I know. Because it's, it's the just, exact opposite of that. You know, when here, you're, oh, oh, you're calm and confident. Let me speak on that, especially when you talk about the toxic masculinity and too much testosterone. So we're in a, we're in a world now where I think over, I want to say over 60 to 70% of young men are raised by single mothers now. Well, especially we're here in America. Okay. So, cause that's where you always hear the fucking toxic masculinity bullshit here in America, mostly. Okay. So 60 to 70% are raised by a single mother. And on top of that, about, I think about 80% of teachers are female. Okay. They're women. So, Let's just say, so most of these men, these toxic masculine little boys going into toxic masculine men spend about 80 to 90% of their waking hours with a woman. So who's the problem? Who's creating these toxic masculine men? Who's doing that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously there's not a, another man present the majority of, the, of these dudes lives to, yeah. to even teach them that. So where are they learning it from? Where are they getting it from? What are you trying to so other than you just thinking they're just born that way, what's 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 the cause? So think about that. Oh, with, with most young men, the, one of the major causes, they get a lot of bad advice from other young men you know, in their life. <laughs> but who's also being raised by mostly women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I <laughs> okay, so, so it comes yeah. right back to the source. So yeah. so then yeah. you got the blind leading the blind. So that's uh, true. It's true. So they didn't they didn't think about the whole so it's not toxic masculinity that's a problem seems like it's toxic toxic femininity that is the problem being passed off as masculinity so i don't know (laughs) maybe we should take take another look at that now some of you dudes out there that are assholes hearing this right now don't be like yeah yeah so it's toxic feminine you're 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 dick and you need to work on that okay so (laughs) if you if you get excited by this discussion then you are you're part of the problem work on yourself (laughs) so don't don't do take some responsibility Take some responsibility, work on your shit, and you can no longer blame your fucking third grade teacher when you're 40 years old about being <laughs> being toxic and masculine. Okay, it's about you can't blame your mother when you've been out of her house for over 20 years. Now, if you're still in her basement, that's not toxic masculinity. You're a mama's boy. You need to work on your shit, bro. Okay, so my, obviously your testosterone is pretty low. So it's ideal. Hugley said he goes, look, if you're 21 and you're still getting molested, he goes, you're in a relationship. You're not getting molested anymore. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you're 21. <laughs> he's like, you're in a relationship. Okay? <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that motherfucker, but that's funny. <laughs> well, hey, sometimes he's got it. Sometimes he's got some good ones. Yeah, when he's doing comedy, yes. Political shit. You need to shut the fuck up. I, I never listen to any of that stuff. Oh, me, like, comedy, I, I just watch people's comic stuff. I, I have exactly. no idea. What when it gets to the point where they stop doing what they're known for and they try to really step in that other realm, that's when it's like, oh, dude, I I used to really like you. Now you sound dumb. It's like, well, you're paid for. 
you know, that's the only thing about that. Because again, follow the money, those checks, those checks get to talking. So, and then it becomes very obvious. I'm like, come on, man. And of course there's people like, well, same thing about athletes too. But I'm like, okay, if you actually have a, a viable argument, then go with it. But sometimes we just say shit just because you want to keep that platform that you have and get those checks or whatever. And it becomes very obvious. People are not stupid. They can see right through it. Just the people agree with you. They want you to, they want to agree with you because that's the, how they think. <laughs> they don't want to question it. And so that's the thing about it, man. <laughs> well, so, so much of people, I mean, you could say the vast majority of people's beliefs in ideology or not their beliefs and ideology. Yeah, it's not even theirs. It was just something no. that was passed on to you. And like, look, most people follow the same political ideology of their parents, even exactly. when they're adults. They never even thought about, okay, is this is this what I believe or is this what my parents taught me to believe? Well, even better, Matt, actually. instead of asking, is this what I believe or is it what my parents believe? If it is what I believe, why? See, no one wants to go to that why part. You know, why do you why do you believe that? Why does that why do you feel this way? And then that's probably when it can get down to like, okay, you know what? I don't have an answer for that. So obviously these are not my beliefs. Right. And that's what happens when somebody passes the shit on you. You don't you don't have anything to base it off of. You're just like, well, that's just how that's just how I was raised. Are you talking about now is that actually raising you? Is that even elevating you by just you know, hey, this is what this is, and that's how it's gonna be. Don't question me. You know, so I'm a I'm very big on vocabulary. And when you say certain things, so you say that's how I was raised, I'm like, well, take it for, take that word for what it really is. You know, what was what was elevating about that when you were not encouraged to have your own thoughts and to question things. Okay. So now nah, this is how you were trained. That's what people should say. <laughs> this is how I was trained, but no one wants to say that because it sounds like, Oh no, you sound like you're an animal, but Hey, even animals tend to have their own thoughts. <laughs> they go with their own instinct, if anything. So a lot of humans stop doing that. <laughs> we don't really go with our instinct. God forbid that <laughs> you can actually do that. That means you actually have to be in the moment and be in tune with things. So it's just so much easier. And then things go sideways. You can always blame somebody else. Well, hey, man, you know, that's just how I was taught. That's how I was raised. You know, blame yeah. my mom. Blame my father. You know, like he's dead. I'm blaming that motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to go do? No, no. I'm, I'm here with you right now. You did that. Not your mom. Not your dad. That was you. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the most important beliefs and attitudes are ones based on your own life experience. You know, exactly. Those are ones that actually have some meaning. <laughs> Right. So yeah, dude. <clears throat> Man, there was one thing we were talking about before we started recording. When we were talking, yeah, about yeah, I was about summers. to get back to that. We were talking about how different things, different health markers become different as you get older. And one thing is that, like mTOR is a switch that's very important that's when you're young because mTOR is important for muscle building and being in an anabolic state. And, but as you get older, you don't necessarily want to activate mTOR because while it can grow muscles and put you in an anabolic state, it can also grow things you don't want, such as cancers, tumors, et cetera. So mTOR is naturally goes down as people get older. So I'm not saying there's an epidemic of older people with high mTOR levels that are so anabolic. You look at most people, it's, it's clearly this is not a problem they have. But it's something to be aware of for those of us who actually are into all this hormone optimization and take charge of our health. So the thing with mTOR is that things that are AMPK activators, such as berberin, metformin, and there's a drug called rapamycin, 
those are actually really beneficial for your health and longevity, but they will have a deleterious effect on muscle growth, anabolism. So it's not something that, so there's no reason for a young person to be taking metformin anyway. And berberine doesn't make sense either. But as you, when you get to a certain stage and you're more focused on longevity, not being as massively muscular as possible, then compounds like this become really useful because the real key with growing old and lasting a long time is you want to be lean. That's the most important thing. When I say lean, I don't mean skinny because that's frail. I mean, lean, you don't have a lot of excess body fat. Holding right. a lot of excess muscle can be, which like, let's be honest, very few people have this problem past a certain age. <laughs> yeah, theoretically, right. if you have Even... way too much muscle walking around, that can be detrimental to your health. But like I said, it's, there's hardly an epidemic of jacked older people. <laughs> I mean, even that. even like ex-athletes, as soon as they retire and a few years later, you're looking like, oh, damn, what, what happened? He used to be so ripped, <laughs> you know. Or like, well, my, dude was... Things like rapamycin and berberine metformin, I don't think any of those things are going to have a negative impact on strength. And I'm a strength guy. I don't, I don't train for muscle building purposes. The physique is just a side effect of what I do train for, which is strength. I've always been a straight guy. I think you, you want to have high levels of strength as you get older and you want to have high levels of cardio conditioning that becomes crucial. A lot of guys neglect the cardio side of things and that's to their own detriment because you don't want to be right. that guy who can barely walk up a flight of stairs. You can squat 500 pounds five times, but you can't walk up a flight of stairs. Uh, you weeks. know, there's that, but it's always that, that, that culture, that muscle culture. And you know, that all the fitness magazine cultures, whereas like, well, the bodybuilding magazines, which as you get like, unless you're actually in that industry or whatever, why even focused on that? You no. know, and, but you know, that culture is like, Oh, you know, cardio yeah here's my idea cardio i just lift faster some of the dumbest <laughs> shit i dumbest shit i've ever heard it's nothing, like oh there's, there's no form there's no form of weight training that takes the place of cardio i mean we could say that kettlebell sport does for long duration but that's going to be endurance. hard on that's going to be exactly. hard on your body too at a take, it, take it take it from me yes it will be <laughs> you know after a while you know like, like, like me doing the elliptical trainer for 20 minutes that's not hard on my body i could do that every day and it wouldn't be a big deal but, yeah, but doing like, but about snatches for 10 minutes doing long yeah, 10 minute snatches or 10 minute like long cycle especially as you go up and wait and you're doing this continue you're steady training and competing and you're doing that over and over and over again and even when you're doing the proper type of recovery after a while it just it starts getting out of balance because you how much time do you fucking have because to equate the, the amount of recovery you would need to to equate to go with that amount of training that you did with right. that you know, you, you got shit to do, I hope, you know, yeah. because I'm sorry, this is not a sport where you're going to get sponsored and become a millionaire and they're going to pay you millions of dollars to do so. So you actually have a life that you have to get back to. I mean, so, I look, I, I, my attitude of cardio, it's like two times a week. I do interval training, 20 minutes, hit it hard. Now that I don't fuck around in those 20 minutes, I get as much work as I can get done in 20 minutes, two times a week, weight training three times a week, and then two hour walks every fucking day. Yeah, seven days a week. So my activity level is high. My activity level is so high that if I don't eat enough, I, I drop weight easily. So when all these myths about, oh, as you get older, your metabolism slows down, bullshit. I'm leaner now than I was when I was in my fucking early 30s. And yeah. it's because my activity level is high. I understand hormone optimization and I eat properly. So this whole notion of as you get older, your metabolism slows down. No, your activity slows down. That's why your metabolism right. slows down. Not because you're just getting older and you're you're getting older and you're inactive. You can't just fucking sit around. I mean, how much sitting around can you do in a day? The average person. Oh, uh, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't do that. The answer don't is scary. That. Like, look, <laughs> look, even if someone who works out four times a week for an hour. Okay. So that's four hours of activity in a week. 
That means 23 hours most days, you're not doing jack shit. So why would you think that four hours of physical activity is going to make up for being so dormant the rest of the time? I was about to say, when you said, like, <laughs> like don't challenge people. How much sitting can you do? Like, don't do that. Because, you know, well, well, no, well, what's funny is like, <laughs> like, look, like people look at my routine. They're like, I don't have time to do it. And I was like, well, I don't give a well, fuck. What are you doing? Time, what are I'm, you doing I'm, anyway? I'm, I'm telling you, I do have time to do it. So I'm <laughs> going to do it. You know, I have time to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And this is how I choose to do it. Now, I don't, I, don't, I don't care if what I do is not replicatable. I'm not trying to sell it. You know, this is what I do for myself. So it doesn't matter if it's not replicatable to someone else. What matters is, is it beneficial to me? And the answer is unequivocally, yes. That's why I do it. And once again, I'm all about the words people use. I don't have time. Like, no, you don't want to make time. Say it. You don't want to make time. Like, do you have Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu? If you do, then I guarantee you, you're watching those. (laughs) No. If you have time to watch four hours of TV a day, you have time to do 20 minutes of interval training a couple of times a week. Get off your ass and go walk around the block every day. Exactly. You don't have to do two hours of walking like I do. You could do 20 minutes and start there. You know? so there's nothing magical about two hours. I just enjoy it. My dogs need it. That's the main reason why I suck it up and do it no matter how I feel. And two, once I'm out there, I'm like, this feels great. You know, Especially now the weather's nice. I go, it feels great to be out here for two hours getting some fresh air. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like this air is nice and crispy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this because it's I've been waiting six months for this. <laughs> because yeah, especially, this, this, especially this past year is like we have been perpetually living in hell for, for half of this year. Okay. Yeah, it's no, like I, one I, of, sucked it up, I sucked it up and walked my dogs in the middle of the night for two hours every day during the summer too. And it yeah. was miserable for all of us, but we needed to get out there. And do it. Now the weather is nice. So you really have no excuse. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just like, come on, keep those cold fronts coming, Canada. It's the, it's the least you can you, do. If you want to make sure your activity level is on point, get an active dog because even, it, but my dogs are both in a, uh, right now is the best time to be right now is the time I enjoy being a dog person the most because all my dogs are young and energetic. They have no health issues. Now, yeah. This is the fun time. So let's take advantage of this and enjoy this because that the healthier I keep them now, the, the better they're going to age over time. <clears throat> yep. So, so having dogs forces you to be more active because if I don't take Raina and Rumi out every day, they're, they're very mm-hmm. calm right now. They're sleeping, but you get around five, six o'clock, they start pacing. Oh man. It's they, don't, so- they don't get out. If yeah, if they don't get out every day, forget about if we just went for long walks three times a week, that would not be enough. They need to get out every day because if they don't, they're going to be fucking a pain in the ass. <laughs> they're going to be in your face a whole yeah, time. Like, like mine just woke up from a nap and now he's doing that bulldog swimming on the floor thing they do where they just wobble <laughs> on their back on the floor. <laughs> He was like coming over here, like, "Hey, let's go outside." And I'm like, "On the podcast, leave me alone." <laughs> You're like, "Fine." Well, what's funny so, is I know a lot of people who have dogs, and they they just get together at the park and they let their dogs play together, but they they never walk their dogs. They just right. get together. Now I'm glad they do that because the dogs play with other dogs and they have fun, but they're missing out on the benefits themselves because. How much, I mean, come on, you've been sitting on your ass all fucking day. Now you're going to come to the park and within two minutes of getting here, you're sitting down again while your dogs are being active and play. Walk around the fucking block, especially where we live in Seven Hills. This is a nice area. Go walking. It always boggles the mind how few people actually use all these walking trails because it's a nice walk. It's not something that I ever dread going, oh man, I got to do that walk again. (laughs) And if anything, just take a walk and clear your head again. My best ideas come on those walks, 100% yeah. of the time. 
you have a problem, keep fucking walking until you've solved it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I walk two hours every night. You know, I got a lot on my mind. <laughs> I'd rather walk and have it on my mind than sit around and have it on my mind. You know? yeah, right. Because <laughs> some, somehow sitting on your ass while you got problems, those problems are feeling very heavy, which eventually make you feel very heavy and you become very heavy. Honestly, <laughs> I, I look, I enjoy sitting around relaxing as much as everybody else does, but I, I like to earn it is where I'm going. So when I right. go work hard or I go for a long walk, now I really enjoy it because I'm like, when I get back from walking the dogs, I go, finally, I'm done with all this stuff for the day. I'm done with my business. I'm done walking the dogs. They've been fed. I've worked out already. Now I can just really kick back and relax. Yep. And it feels great. It feels, it feels great when you earned it. And look, sometimes there's days where I just like to lounge out the whole day and just relax. But even on those days, I still walk the dogs. I may not do much else. I'm, it's fun to be sedentary sometimes and just relax. But when that's your everyday experience, that's going to be a big problem for you. So when people leave these such poor lifestyles and then they get hit with this health issue and they're surprised by that, I go, why are you surprised? You know, what did you think was going to happen? But I'm a good person, Mike. Why is it happening to me? <laughs> yeah, saying someone's a good person is like saying someone's a positive person as if that makes a difference. Because <laughs> Chu, author of Thick Face, Black Heart, she goes, look, yes. <laughs> there's just as many successful people that are negative all the time as positive all the time. It's irrelevant. Right. It doesn't matter if you're positive or negative, if you want to be successful. <laughs> now, if you First want to enjoy life and be a good person, that's a different story. But we're, we're talking about material success. It really doesn't matter if you're positive or negative. If you're naturally a negative person, go be a fucking negative person and get shit done. If you're naturally a positive person, great. My thing is, if you're either one, don't announce it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a positive person. But shut up. <laughs> you know, well, look, you know what, man? I'm an asshole. Okay. I figured that out already. You didn't have to tell me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the signs were there, bro. Okay. <laughs> Even Stevie Wonder can see that. So, nah. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to announce that shit. Wear it on your sleeve. Well, that that reminds me of this self-deprecating world that we're in now that's so fashionable where there's one guy at the gym. I always refer to him as my dad because he looks like a jacked version of my dad. You know? <laughs> His name is Mike, too. Very nice guy. <laughs> you, you, any Anytime you ask this guy how he's doing, he's like, oh, you know, another day at the gym. You know, I can't wait to get out of here. You know, he always so why do you keep coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he looks miserable in the gym the entire time. He just looks miserable. Now, contrast that with me. I can't wait to get there. I'm, I mean, look, I go through my periods where I'm not excited about training too. Everybody does. But right now, I'm I'm super excited about it. So I'm having fun with it. But <clears throat> I never had that kind of response, though, when someone would ask me how things are right. going. <laughs> because Guess what? Because you don't have to be here. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, fun. yeah. Yeah, well, you don't all, work training, here. Training, training is a privilege. The fact that you can actually do it is a privilege. There's a lot of people who would love to be able to do it. They're either older and beaten down, or they have some kind of physical injury and they can't train. Or, or their idea of, of fucking training is their manual labor because they have to make ends meet and put food on the table. So their idea of training is like, oh, carrying all this freaking wood or whatever else through a construction job or something. Well, people like that don't need to go to the gym. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. Like people. Like, people they would probably they would much rather be in a gym in the AC than be out in Texas working on the side of a highway. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, doing that, and so no, you don't have to be in the gym, bro. That that is a that is a choice. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, so and you get you're like, man, you're really strong on the lift. He's like, yeah, you know, at least I'm at least I'm good at something. Oh, it's all oh, downhill. God. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. You know, enough with this self-deprecating bullshit. You know, it's not charming. It's not endearing in any way. 
kind of like what you said. Like you tell a woman, it's like, hey, you look nice today. Well, I don't feel good. It's like, well, no one asked you how you feel. I didn't <laughs> ask you that. Yeah. Someone, someone, I'd be you. like, what the fuck does that have to do with me? Okay. Like some, people, some people are so uncomfortable with praise that when they yeah, get exactly. it, they immediately have to deflect in some way. And, and then, and just like we said last know. time, just like we said last time, then what goes off in my head, I, I wonder what their backstory is. He like, you know, I wonder like what it was like. I don't ask. I just wonder. Okay. Because if you ask, a motherfucker will tell you. Okay. So yeah, I mean, so I, people I, give me praise. I say, thank you. I mean, I had a guy. That's all you got to say. It's so easy. I, I had a guy come up to me in the gym. He's like, man, you're strong as fuck in that drill. I was like, hey, thanks a lot. I didn't say, well, you know, you should have seen me last week. I was even hey, better. You know? no one <laughs> oh, nobody. So much stronger 10 years ago. You should have seen me then. It's like, look, man, like, look here. Look. all that shit. Someone gave you look, a comment. Look here. Thank you. Move on. Look here, Joker. No one asked for your origin story, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's just just two words, two simple words. Thank you. That's it. Nothing else. Hey, my attitude about praise is it's it doesn't cost you a thing to give it. You should give it abundantly. No, just give it because make you can make someone's day for nothing. Hey, it's like Tim. It's like people are happy to receive it. Most people don't deflect like what these examples I said. You know, I see people great technique at the gym. I'll I'll be like, man, your technique is awesome on that. Great job, and I keep it moving. They they they, their whole face lights up. Thank you. Hey, man, you you never know that one little compliment may have saved someone's life that day. Yeah, (laughs) you know, that's just that one little thing because you saw them. That's all people really want to do. They want to be seen, not looked at, but seen. Okay. You might've been that one person that kept them from, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and jump off this bridge today. I'm what? No one cares about me. No one gives a shit about me. Well, Everybody, you know, you know, it costs you nothing. You know, it costs nothing to be a cool person and have some kind words for people, strangers with no ulterior motive, no agenda. Exactly. Exactly. But again, you know, some people are very uncomfortable with that. So I was just wondering like, okay, what, who made you uncomfortable? Like what kind of life did you have growing up or whatever, where that was a problem? <laughs> well, some people never got praise from their parents. You know, I grew up in that kind of environment. So that's why, like Carol always says, you and Roger are really uncomfortable with any kind of praise. Not so much me anymore. This is just yeah. talking when she first met me, but Roger, especially Rod, she would tell Roger, Oh, Roger, you're so smart. You can figure out these car problems and all this on your own. And he would be like, yeah, you know, anyone could do it, Carol. And all they got to do is read the manual. It's like, shut up, dude. <laughs> Take the compliment and move the fuck on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> You're trying to self-deprecate yourself. It's like, take a little bit of credit and say thank you and move the fuck on. You don't have to sit there and deflect and say, oh, you know, anyone could do this. It's like, shut up. Now, that's what's fashionable now on Instagram, too, is like, oh, you know, guys, you know, I'm such a fucking idiot, but I still did this, you know, so anyone can do it. Ha, ha, ha. I'm oh, so trust dumb. me. I, I see it so man. much. In, I see it so much. I see it so much in the investing world and all these, you know, I went from zero to a million dollars, you know, anyone can do it. He's like, I'm not that smart, you know, but I still, I still figured it out. You know, I can help you at that, that, that you're, you're trying to sell a book. Shut the fuck up. You're trying to sell a course. I don't believe you. And, and at the end of the day, even if you did, I don't care. I don't care because I don't really see you out here doing anything with those millions you claim you that you made. What are you doing with it? What kind of impact are you making now? You know, you sitting there just posting with you and your little Lambo or whatever. Who cares? You know, like, okay, so <laughs> now that million's going into gas because gas prices are up and that and that fucking car guzzles gas in five minutes. So yeah. Well, obviously you're not that smart because you got two Lambos. So you got five Lambos. Like, okay, you're not that smart, bro. Not financially anyway. <laughs> so how much harder are you gonna have to keep working just to finance to sit there and finance that lifestyle? And for what I can get if you, okay, you like cars. Okay. Get it. But a lot of times that's not why they're doing it. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I don't care. But honestly, I've never looked at someone else's lifestyle as aspirational for me, as in I want that. I, I have the wow. lifestyle. I have the lifestyle I've always wanted is what I have right now. It's what works exactly. for me. Now, other people would look at it and be like, man, you know, I couldn't live at that's at such a low level as Mike does. And other people would be like, man, that's way more than I, that. I and, can it's all, and, it's, and it's all but relative because that one person saying it, low it, level, it all, and another person's thinking like, oh, man, you you out here living the life, you know, so it, it appears the only thing that matters is what, what I think of it <laughs> because exactly. no, one else, no one else's business. So if I'm happy with the house I live in, the personal life I have, that's that everything I have going on. That's what that's all that matters. It is, I don't care what anyone else thinks about it. And guess what? That's when I know I'm wealthy. <laughs> okay, that's what wealth looks like to me because I get to make my own decisions. I get to live my life. I get to sit here, on, you know, every other week and record this show when, you know, other people are stressed out doing other stuff, you know, a lot of doing stuff they don't really want to do. Some feel like that's what they have to do and some have to do it somewhat, kind of, a little bit, you know, but I mean, Anthony I've, Hopkins- I've curated, I've curated the life I want. And to me, that's that's what wealth looks like. Okay, yeah, exactly. It's not it's not being rich; it's being wealthy. You know, so I, I have I have options, and I can and I can take them. I can take yeah. myself up on those options. I mean, my know, I, I, I love what I do for a living. I love how I make money. It's not something that is onerous in any way. You deal with some hassles, of course, being an entrepreneur, but it's pretty minor in the big scheme of things, and easily to manage. What I do now, I could do for the rest of my life easily. Right. But more importantly, I have a lot of free time. I own each day. I wake up every day going, okay, what am I going to do today? Because I don't, exactly. I don't have a bunch of things boggling me down where I have to take care of all these different things. And then I finally have time to do what I want to do. Yeah, I don't have That's to what's important this. to me. Being time rich is what's important to me. Having the time yep. to live life on my terms, doing what I want to do each day. The, the ability to wake up and own each day, that's more important to me than tripling my income but now i'm working seven days a week and the whole focus is on 80 hours 80 hours you know and all this other stuff and you know you're sacrificing smart at this point i i I make strategic moves that pay big dividends (laughs) and that that's the way i that's 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 my attitude of because we get a lot of bad advice of you got to work hard to be successful it's like yeah hard work's important but it's not enough (laughs) here's the deal here's the deal if if it's all about hard work everybody would be wealthy yeah, <laughs> because there's a lot of hardworking people, people out there, man. Most people I know work hard. Exactly. Who's not working hard? Most people I know work their fucking asses off. Hey, man, you got to get out there. And you got to well, stay on the grind. There's a lot of people grinding hard. But here's the thing. Have you ever driven a car when your brakes are going out and you grind on those bitches? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever felt what your car felt felt like when you start to grind on it like that? It's not healthy. That grind becomes very detrimental after a while. You know, so... Yeah, there's a place everybody's got to start somewhere. But when you still still going for decades and doing the same thing over and over, it's no longer a grind. Okay, it's now a routine at this point, which a lot of times is it's it's not going anywhere. You pretty much already you've already maxed out. Okay, this is the peak. So at that point, you got to make a decision. I mean, if it's still not where you want to be, you need to make a pivot. Or if it's not where you want to be and you just accepted the fact that, like, oh, you know what? That's, that's too hard for me. I, I don't, I really don't want to go there now. I'm good right here. Then be, then say that. Just say you're, well, you think you're good right there. It depends how you're feeling. You know, just say like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to keep pushing. So be it. But yeah, man, but just all that tired advice by, you know, you got to wake up and grind every day, every day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> If you just work I'm hard, 
I'm all about making strategic, smart moves that have dividends, right? It's like the stock market. You want dividends. I don't just, just trading time for money. That's not what I'm all about. You want dividends and you want to use compound. You want to compound that interest. Okay. So you're smart with how you make money and then you're smart with how you invest money. Now it's just like a double win scenario. Yep. And to my, so, and, and it's all about basically you're just strategically trying to keep your capital. Okay. So once you make it, it's all about keeping it. And that's what a lot of people I mean, don't. That's what hormone optimization to me is essentially it's, it's smart investing for your personal health. Because when you keep your hormones on point, everything else falls into play. Like people that work out, look, if you're just working out hard at a certain point, you're depleting all of your anabolic hormones. You're not, you're not producing them anymore. Your workouts when you're young will increase your testosterone for 30 minutes after it's done if you did everything right. As you get older, your, your levels are going down every time you work out. And eventually you're going to hit that point where you can't even sustain what you're doing. Forget about building. Because like I said a million times, you need optimal hormones going into each workout. Now use your workouts as a way to address poor hormone levels because working out right. not going to optimize your hormones. You need optimal hormones to get the most out of your workouts. People got it all backwards. So when I hear people saying stupid advice such as here's a great workout for increasing testosterone, it's like, <laughs> look, I get it. I, I, at one point, I used to write stupid shit like that too because I thought that I thought it made sense. But when you look at it further, you realize – Whatever increase you get in testosterone growth hormone after a workout is an hour at best, usually even less than that, 30 minutes. And then you go right back to baseline. There's no, there's no systemic improvement. Yeah. And as you get older, most workouts, you're depleting, you're lowering your testosterone growth hormone every time you work out. And most people don't test these numbers. So they're going, man, you know, as I get older, you know, I just can't, I can't get the same kind of results I used to be able to get. I was like, well, you don't have your hormones in check because if you do, you can get not not a whole lot changes, honestly. The only thing that's changed for me at this point is I've got more wear and tear from just doing this for so long. But in terms of my ability to push myself, that hasn't gone down at all. It really hasn't. If anything, it's better now. My testosterone is better now at 50 than it was when I was in my early 30s just learning about this shit. Yeah. So it's, it, there's just people, just people just have a lot of preconceived self-defeating notions of, as you get older, you're naturally going to get declined. You have to accept it. And it's like, yeah, sure, fine. If you live long enough, that's probably going to happen. But it doesn't have to happen as soon as people think it does. Like when well, I hear again. People, I hear people that are 35 and they're all like, man, I've got no energy. Once I turn 30, my energy's gone and I'm tired <laughs> all the time. I'm putting on body fat. I go, at fucking 30? What the fuck are you doing, man, that you're that depleted at 30? It's the dirty 30s. <laughs> so again, guy, this goes back. This goes. This goes back. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to say this goes back to what we were saying a few minutes ago. Are those your beliefs <laughs> when you say stuff like that and and think things like that? Are those your beliefs? Or those are the beliefs that you were trained to think by someone else who thought that way and lived that way? So you have to question yourself. Like instead, of, you should be asking like, why? Why do I feel this? Why do I feel like that's the truth? Why do I feel like, oh man, to my now I'm 35, man. It's just like, oh, my body's good, just going to shit. Why? <laughs> Stop making statements and ask questions. <laughs> why, why have you accepted that? Why are you good with that? So, yeah, man. Nobody wants to ask the, the hard questions. Well, it's not even hard questions. Just ask a question. <laughs> Look, I mean, I know we both follow a guy on Instagram who is very strong. Very immature as well, but very strong. <laughs> now, now hold on, guy, hold on. You, you said a guy. 
Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. I'm, well, there's, there's, I'm, one I'm, particular, there's one in particular. There's one in particular. I'm confused. I'm confused. There's, That's at least there's one 20. in particular who's a standout. Okay, this this guy gets the gold medal for it. Now, this guy's in his early 30s. His body's already shot from all the heavy years of weight training. Now, contrast that with the guy that I I I don't think I put it in my stories yet. I should, but I came across a guy who's fucking 90, 90 years old, man, deadlifting 405 for reps. And I go. Here's a guy who's 30 who, who can't even deadlift 400 pounds anymore. He used to be able to deadlift almost 800, but his body's so fucked up from all the years of that kind of heavy training with suboptimal technique at best versus a guy who's fucking 90 and he's still deadlifting 400 pounds. And the funny thing, the comment section, one guy's like, well, what's the point of being that old, that old and still lifting heavy weights? I was like, dude, you're such a fucking pussy. I was like, because, I was like, no, because, you because, because I'm, because I'm that old and lifting heavy weights, motherfucker. That's why yeah. well, the <laughs> point is that this guy's not, first of all, the only thing I think when I see a 90 year old man deadlifting 400 pounds is that's fucking badass and impressive. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not asking any questions. What do you mean? What's the point of that? Obviously, it's important to him, and that's a good enough reason to do it. But what? What? Who wouldn't want to be fucking ninety and you can still do that? That's fucking badass, you know. Whether you want it, whether that's it, to, to me, whether you think you can achieve that or not is irrelevant. It's fucking impressive, right? So, would you say that to? Would you say that to like the twelve-year-old or the fourteen-year-old kid who's doing four or five for reps? Would you tell right. him that? You're like, right. what's the point? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like someone trying to just deflate this guy's accomplishment, just try to diminish it rather. Try, like, try, damn, try, dude. I go, like, look, damn, man, dude. the only response you should have is that's fucking impressive as fuck. That's it. You know, there's no other response that makes sense. And if you don't have anything to say, just hit the like button. Or just hit the like button and keep moving, motherfucker. Just like everything else you do, the mindless things you do. Okay. Don't don't stop and try to analyze. This is not the time to start thinking. Okay. Just just hit the heart and keep moving. Just scroll. (laughs) Straight up. Some some of us like being strong just for the sake of being strong. And that's a good enough reason to do it. Now you do it right, it makes your body better. It doesn't make it. You know, you shouldn't be injured. You shouldn't have fucking life-altering injuries in your early 30s from years of fucking heavy training. That doesn't make sense to me. It's not worth the price. It's not worth the exchange if that's the payoff. Right. But done properly, that doesn't. it doesn't have to be that way. You know, at a certain point, you look at something like powerlifting, and, and powerlifting is a dumbass sport for most people, let's be honest. You know, you get to a certain point where the most you can lift for one repetition on very difficult moves, especially this deadlift and squat, that's going to be a lot of wear and tear on your body. So I, now some people are okay with that exchange. They're like, you know what? I want to see how far I can push it. And I realize that the the price I'm going to pay is my body's going to be fucked for the rest of my life. Okay, fine. Now, once that happens, you're probably going to wish you didn't pay that price, but let's just say theoretically you're okay with that deal. That's your business. That's your thing. Now, my attitude is I'd rather be, 75, 80% of my maximum abilities and be able to sustain that for a long time, decades, if longer, then reach that pinnacle of my abilities, but only have it for a short time frame. That's me. That's my take on it. So it's not about right or wrong. That's how I feel about it. Someone else, that's their fucking business, whatever they want to do. Look, man, when it gets to the point, you got to wrap your knees like a Christmas present. <laughs> you got to start asking yourself, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, that's pretty much my attitude about anything. If I need to use equipment, then it's, then it's too much weight. For me. 
Now, if I need to wrap my knees and my elbows and put a and then put on a belt and then wear a suit and it's like, dude, are you lifting or are you turning into a superhero? What are we doing right now? When I was deadlifting all the time, sure, the belt was cool because the, the thing I really liked about the belt is that it really taught you how to brace because it's hard to do that without a belt. Once you put a belt on and you push your abs into it, you're like, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to feel when I'm deadlifting. And it, and it made it such a difference that when you would lift a weight off the floor, it felt as if somebody was helping push you up. That's how much the difference the belt made. And then the belt actually engages your abs more than not using a belt. Just all that bracing, my abs would be sore after deadlifting. But at the same time, you want a belt to be strong without it too, because you, you don't want it to be a crutch. So I would do both. Sometimes I would lift with the belt. Sometimes I wouldn't just to make sure that I maintained that strength without it. But I never went beyond that because I've never been a competitive power lifter. I never wanted to be a competitive power lifter. I, I'm, I'm impressed by all that. Don't get me wrong, but it, was, it just never really appealed to me. Yeah. And working out hard and having strength for a few years and then being fucked up, your body's all beat up for the rest <laughs> of your life, that definitely doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> so you you start training, you're doing all this, just say you're around 15 and you train like this till you're about, let's just say, I, I'm being very generous here. You, you do that till you're like about 30, 35. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're talking, what, a 20 year period right there? And meanwhile, all that, all that lifting and all that pushing that you did to yourself, it kicks in. And now you're dealing with arthritis, your hips jacked up, your knees jacked up, things need surgery. And this, you're 40 and you need hip replacement by the time you're 45 or 50. And then you got titanium in your knee when you're 55. And so now for the next, if you're fortunate enough, the next 40, 50 years, you're walking around like Robocop and you set off all the alarms in the airport. You know, yeah. for for things you did for 20 years. The math ain't math. Don't do that. <laughs> it's like, come on. Trust me. We used to play Mark, Mark Phillippe, double knee replacement. Now, Mark is still a fucking beast. You know, he's 60 and he can deadlift 700 pounds. It's incredible. Yeah. But he paid a price for all that. Now, he's a guy who took it to a very high level. Strongman competitions and all that. Yeah. He wasn't just a recreational lifter. But what's what's amazing is the fact that he can still train pretty heavy, even with yeah. everything he's been through. It's pretty fucking impressive. Well, there's the one thing that's still functioning is his mindset. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's, that's, it, it, Mark, that's Mark's greatest gift, honestly, is he's ridiculously yeah. mentally tough. Yeah, man. <laughs> Some probably to a point that's a detriment, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it <laughs> can know, be. We, 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 see, we, see that, we see that with a lot of fighters, you know? A lot of guys who are like, okay, you need to retire, but they just can't, man. Their mind, they're so fucking tough that it's to their detriment. Right, right. Well, a lot of athletes, you know, <laughs> once they retire or whatever, just, they can't stop. It's like they just come back and just, you got to find something and keep pushing and keep pushing. And it may not be the most optimal thing for them physically, but I mean, right. it's there for them mentally, but right. their body is like, dude, take a vac, stop, do something right. like, just do something else. And it's like, nope, this is all I know. Again, comes that mind, <laughs> that, that thing, where, you know, that, that mantra that you bought into that's not necessarily true. <laughs> Well, one thing, that's, what's one, one thing that's kept me from avoiding a lot of that's helped pr- prevent these a lot of these pitfalls that people fall into is I've always been a performance based trainee. I always focus on right. performance, more reps, strength, some kind of some kind of measurable metric of performance. So if my performance is declining, I know I need a break. Like I took a week off last week, came back as usual, way stronger because my body needed. It. I've been pushing myself really hard. So I'm not one of these guys who's so addicted to the stimulus of training that I can't leave it alone, especially when I know it's having a negative impact on my performance. Because what's the point 
of pushing yourself really hard and getting decreasing returns or diminishing returns. That makes no sense to me. When you're focused on performance and your performance is declining, usually it means your body's burned out. Usually it means if you take a week off, relax, you're going to come back refreshed and better. So in other words, you can do more in a week of resting to improve your performance than actually training. So you have to rest during that point. But some people are just addicted to the stimulus of working out. Whether they're actually making any progress is irrelevant. They're just getting their fix. So they can't go a week, their words, without training. But my attitude is that's to your own detriment if you're a performance-based person. I'm not a stimulus addict. I love training, but if I'm not getting the results I want, then I'm not going to just keep doing it. Which brings it back full circle to these are the type of things that actually feed things like cancer because you're going to be dealing with a high level of inflammation. You're going to, you're stressing out over, you know, not making it to have that workout or you just feel like, Oh, I'm a loser if I don't go in and train this way and blah, blah. So you start really coming down on yourself. All these things kind of feed into these diseases that take over our bodies, you yeah. know, because they, they feed off of that. So you, again, you could be the most fit person in the world. And then again, you end up, getting something like cancer, you know, a thing like that. And you think like, well, I was healthy, man. I did everything right. I worked out all the time. I ate right all the time. I was always focused on this and blah, blah. But the thing is you didn't enjoy it. It became this task and you stressed out about it all the time. So that's why someone that might be out of shape and, you know, overweight and they're just as happy and they drinking, like I said, drinking Coke every day, never drink water and eating fast food every day, but yet they make it to like 90, not saying they're actually healthy, you know, and but some reason they're still around because you know what? They're not stressing over that. They're just like, yeah, because there are other things going on in their life. I mean, even when you look at like these studies with blue zones or whatever, these people are not exactly like on these tight regimens or whatever. A lot of reasons why they live to be so long is because the, of the community. The fact that, yeah, you know, they're out enjoying, they're enjoying each other and, you know, they got a sense of connection with people. You know, that can go a long way. That's a, that's a supplement most people don't talk about. Because no, that, 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 that's absolutely crucial for your overall health. It may be the most important thing for your overall health. It's definitely way up there. Because if you don't have that, there's an epidemic of loneliness in America, for sure, where the average person used to say they had three close friends 20 years ago. Now, now they don't have any. Yeah, now the average person says none. Right. He's like, that, I don't that's, that's, I, I see how desperate people are for connection, especially after taking psilocybin for a while. I'm just more in tune with that. But you just see how hungry men are, especially for intimacy with other men. And when I say intimacy, I don't mean homosexual behavior okay i mean that they, they just want to be able to be more open yeah, because, with other well people. connect with someone like, that understands you know yeah, yeah exactly exactly it's like there, there's some there's some men shit that's this is men shit you right. know just like women women's got some women shit that's yeah. a women shit that dudes just truly don't understand you know right. you know so right. it's just it's, a, it's the camaraderie you know you you seek that and, and because that's are, what humans are men are largely very emotionally unhealthy they're not good right. at expressing emotions they're not good at talking about their emotions, period. Yeah. If your emotional health is disastrous, that's going to have serious negative consequences on your overall health. Exactly. So emotional health is paramount. You got to get that on in, in tag. You got to, you got to, I think the one of the things that makes men so emotionally unhealthy is that they're always trying to project something they're not. They're always well, worried again, about the false sense of, well, it's the false sense of masculinity. I don't, I don't care how anyone perceives me. I don't care if, 
I talk about something and that makes me look weak. I don't give a fuck. I don't care what other men think. I don't look at other men as what I want to be. Like, oh, I want to be like that guy. You know, I want to be like myself. I like who I am. So there, there's nothing that I can't talk about. You know, there's nothing that I'm embarrassed to talk about. There's nothing that I'm insecure to talk about. Uh, my, my friend Chris Becker is like that too. He's a young guy in his early 30s. And he's the kind of guy that'll walk into a smoke shop and be like, hey, what do you guys have for erectile dysfunction? I've been having some problems recently. You know, he gives <laughs> no fucks, man. He has no problem talking about any of that shit. And you know, maybe that's a little bit too much info in a certain context. It's better to be like that than the opposite, where you just suffer in silence, which is what well, most trust men... trust me, if he goes in that smoke shop, there's some other guys in there, and they overhear that conversation, they're probably tuned in like, shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. I want to hear the answer to this. <laughs> and every, then, when, every, and then, when, then he walks <laughs> off, they're kind of like, hey, man, so yeah. Yeah, what, was that, what was that you just told old boy that you that it can help him you know get his shit up? <laughs> no, 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 bro. Come on. No, bro. Don't don't say it out loud, motherfucker. I'm just asking you quietly, bro. Like, damn. <laughs> Every week I get emails from men talking about how their dick is not working and what can they do to improve their dick health or function. Sex drive is very important for men. And when yeah. things are not working, it is very demoralizing for a man. Any man who's honest with himself will say that. So yeah. a lot, but a, but a lot of people are embarrassed to talk about these kind of things. Well, it's because a lot of people give them bad advice. A lot of people give a lot of bad advice or they might ridicule them because they don't have the answers. So and they're, the way they respond, that nervous response is to kind of joke about it to this person or whatever. And then that makes this person feel, okay, work with me. It makes this person feel small. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, the person who's joking, it also has the same problem. Exactly. Just, well, like I said, that nervous trying to overcompensate, like, man, all these guys with broken dicks out there. Where's the defense mechanism? Meanwhile, they haven't had a morning erection for ten years. So, who the fuck are you making fun of? If your first, if your first inclination is to make fun of another man in that situation. That says a lot about you. It says that you probably have the same problem that that guy has, and you're just happy to deflect and put it on. Like, oh man, I'm glad I don't have that problem. Yeah, you do. You have that fucking problem. Or if you don't, or if you don't have that problem, you probably can't fuck. (laughs) You you can get it up, but you're not satisfying anybody. You're just pounding away. You're just just Captain Pound. You're the Mayor Pound Town. You know that's all it is. And guess what? Your woman wants you to get off of her. It's like, guy, can you just stop physically assaulting me and thinking that this is intimacy? But in your mind, you think you're like, you give it to like, hey, girl, you should be glad that you have a guy like this because I was in a smoke shop the other day and there's a dude I ran into came get his shit up. She's like, well, shit, give me his number. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) We could probably help each other out. (laughs) No, but I mean, so much of the reason why men are emotionally unhealthy is just trying to overcompensate, trying to project something they're not. And my attitude is if whatever you're feeling and wherever you're at, that's who you are right now. And that's okay. Let's do something about it. But you got to be honest with yourself first to improve. You can't you can't improve when you're just totally delusional about where you are in life. (laughs) Like, no, bro, I'm good. Well, you are really? Yeah. Says who? Says me. How so? Like, 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 look. If you if you get blood tests back and your testosterone is really low, and you decide, okay, I'm just going to go out there and overcompensate to so people don't know I have. That's low. not going. That's not going to make the number go up. No, exactly. That, <laughs> it's going to go. It's probably going to go down even more now. Your body's like now. The other path could be let me do all these things to improve it, and then I'm naturally going to be more confident and feel better. Yep. It's going to be the real thing. It's going to be genuine. That's the real thing about testosterone for men is that it is the confidence hormone. It makes you feel confident and secure with yourself, which makes you more compassionate, more empathetic, and less of a fucking dick. You're not a bully. 
because you don't have to overcompensate. You feel good about yourself. You know, all the baddest ass men that I know, they're they're not trying to overcompensate in any way. They're the nicest people you'll ever meet. They're compassionate people that they don't need to diminish anyone else to feel good about themselves. They're the exact opposite of that. Exactly. So yeah, man. It's a good place to wrap it up. (laughs) 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 So there you go, folks. So note to my in the thought for the day. First of all, get tested. (laughs) It's like get tested in every aspect of your life. To my whether it be your hormones, whether it just be your overall health, whether it be just going out and doing something that gives you an experience that you can actually feel good about that you're not used to doing. Get tested. You know, do it that way. You know, because that's a good test. That's a good hormone booster as well to, to take on a challenge and actually survive it. You didn't die. You made it through. You didn't think you could do it, but you did it. All right. So that's the thing about it. You need more testing out there. Yeah. Taking on challenges is a pleasure just for the sake of ch- taking on challenges. You know, so that's yeah. something that's always fun. I'm always trying to improve myself just because it's fun, not because I've got some obsessive compulsive disorder. Where I'm <laughs> right. To compensate. I just like, what's the point of living if you're not trying to improve? That's my attitude. Exactly. Now, if people disagree with that. That's fine. Go do whatever the fuck you want. Go drink fucking Coors Light six six pack every night for all I care. I don't give a fuck what you do. I'm just telling you what's important to me. That's the other thing too, is that people always feel like they have to convince other people of shit. I don't, I don't care about convincing anyone of anything. You know. <laughs> It's like, I do this shit for myself. Now, if other people want to know about it, they find it beneficial, great. I'll share it. But if that's you don't get the funniest, fuck, that's fine too. You know? One of the funniest comments anybody can say, when you say something like, oh, yeah, I'll do this and this, shit, couldn't be me. I know, motherfucker, because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about like, me. Oh, no one asked and no one cares. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's why. Oh, everybody's not able. I know. That's the beauty of it all. Well, that's the beauty of it. expensive. I was like, well, it isn't. To me, it's money well spent. <laughs> to my, to my, you, if, you <laughs> if you don't have any money to pay for it, then yes, it does. <laughs> Whereas somebody that has plenty of money be like, oh, that sounds kind of cheap. Yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm not a materialistic guy. I, I don't need to have three cars. I've got one good one. I don't need three houses. I've got one good one. <laughs> so if I have the money to allocate towards what I feel is important to me, my personal health, I'm going to do it. Now, that's what's important to me. Now, other people don't give a fuck about their health. That's your prerogative. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. But don't try to convince me that what I'm doing is a waste of time because you're not. You know, I don't have to explain <laughs> it to anybody. Like anytime someone tries to put me in a situation where I have to explain myself, I cut them off right there. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, I don't have to explain jack shit to you. Let's start there. And that's actually where it, that's where it ends for yeah, me. That's where like, I'm, done. Done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I don't care what you think about what I do. Uh, you know, I'm all I care about is what I think about what I do. You know? I'm looking like I'm I'm pulling up. I'm looking at my mailbox. Yep, still don't see any bills with your name on it. Don't care about your opinion. <laughs> that's really the other care. thing too. When people are so judgmental of others, how they make money, I go, you're not paying their bills. So shut the fuck up about it. Well, first of all, stop being a pocket watcher. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's some of the bitchiest shit you could ever do is watch other people's pockets. <laughs> Mind your own pockets, man. Like, oh man, so-and-so, you know, he's worth this. Okay. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying, and now he's worth, who cares? Is he giving you any, <laughs> is he giving you any money? <laughs> it's like, what does that have to do with you? Why do you give a shit? <laughs> it's sad when people celebrate other people's successes more than their own. And their failures. <laughs> People, well, people who are just so heavily invested in their sports teams, for example, where if their team loses, it ruins their entire week, if not month. 
I go, you're way too into that bullshit. If it has here's, that here's my thing. Even here's my thing. Just even take it a little bit more personal. When people are arguing about the phones, like, oh man, you got the green bubbles. Oh man, you're an Android. Oh man, oh the iPhone man. Oh Apple. You think here's my thing. I said, do any of you fuckers have Apple or Google stock? No. And then shut the fuck yeah. up. You have no skin in the game. Guess what? I own both of them. I can talk shit about both your phones because you give me money. <laughs> so that's the reason why I got in the stock. So when I buy their products, I get my money back. That's how I get my <laughs> refund. That's how I get my refund. Okay. I can go buy a fucking MacBook because I'm going to get my money back by the end of the year. It's going to be free. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's how I look at it. I said, like, don't argue about Jordans plus, and plus, Adidas. Plus when, you, when you, plus when you write it off as a tax deductible. Exactly. In fact, Someone, not only at that it, point, you're getting paid to get one. I'm about to say, in fact, I was say it's not even free anymore. They're paying me to get the product. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I'm like, so your perspective is fucked up. So I don't want to hear about, you know, who's got the latest Nikes if you don't have the stock. Or yeah. my thing, and it's real simple. For every time you buy whatever that product is, buy the, an equal amount of that stock in that product. I said, you that's how you pay yourself. Okay. Otherwise, these arguments are so stupid. All these arguments and back and forth on material things is dumb when you have no skin in the game you have no equity you have no ownership then be quiet (laughs) because then when you have ownership you're not arguing you're listening to that earnings call and you're saying like okay hey y'all fucking up my money so if you're not running this company the way i need you to run it i'm about to sell this stock and put it into something else that's how you do it okay that's how you are you 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 argue with your dollars and not your mouth (laughs) because talk is cheap Okay, it's said, you know, those words mean nothing. The nothing moves but the fucking money, dude. Yeah, nothing moves a company's behavior more than their bottom line being exactly. That's how you're bailing out. A lot of social change comes from that. These companies are not doing it because it's the right thing to do, they're doing it because it's hurting their bottom line. And honestly, it doesn't matter why they're doing it as long as they're doing it. Yeah, your hashtag is not moving the needle with them. You know, right. You know, right. I'm hashtag this, or I stand with this, or I'm did this. Nope. Team this. No, that's not moving. That's not doing anything. You know, posting a video about a place, you know, has shitty service or whatever, and trying to go viral with it. It's not changing their behavior because you're just trying to get some likes. Like, no, actually get a bunch of your friends to sit there and then let them all post about it and tell right. me how shitty the place is. Then you'll get some change. One person is not everybody. It starts with one. Yeah, no. <laughs> it starts to want to get pissed off enough to find some other motherfucker. Like, oh, it's not just me. Hey, man. <laughs> All right, give me your experience. Let's let's tell, let's let everyone know about this. This is the reason why whenever you buy a product or you sign up for a service, if you actually read the terms of service, you'll see there's a clause in there where they try to get you to not that you'll not participate in any class action lawsuits against that company. They know, but most people don't see that in the terms of service when they're reading stuff. So it's always funny to see that. I'm like, oh, not that you can sit there and say, okay, you agree to that all you want. But if it's serious enough, you're not going to get around it as a company. But most people, most people, you know, on an individual level, you know, if it's just like five people having a class action lawsuit, then yeah, they're not taking you seriously. But let thousands, you know, there's a lot of people that got screwed by FTX and that was in in their stuff, their terms of service as well. But guess what? As of today, they they just had to settle to pay people back on the class action lawsuit. So then there's that. <laughs> and now I think, hold on just a second. Somebody's at the door. Or yep, we can no wrap problem. it up. Hold on. Yeah, we can wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, definitely got to edit that part out. <laughs> Let's 
so yeah, on that note, folks, we we can go ahead and wrap it up right there, man. Yeah, man, sounds good. All right, folks. So we will catch you guys on the next episode. So like it, share it, do all that good stuff, and we'll catch you next time. Take care, everybody. Yeah, right. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressively show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on Facebook as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.